0: of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. Joining us today to talk about things like what managers look for when making hiring decisions, investing in your network before you need it, and how to prepare for a job while still in college is Dr. Sharisha Kuchamanchi. Dr. Kuchamanchi is a former semiconductor tech executive, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, a podcast host, and an investor. She has a PhD and MS in material science engineering from Carnegie Mellon University, a PMP certification, and is an IEEE senior manager. Through her podcast, Women, Career, and Life, which, by the way, is a top 30% Spotify podcast, she empowers women to achieve their career and financial goals and break into barriers in male-dominated fields. Dr. Kuchimanchi, welcome to the job interview experience.
1: Thank you, Matthew, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to today's chat.
0: Let's start with you. Outside of your busy schedule, how do you like to spend your time?
1: Hanging out with friends, reading books. I have teenagers at home, so spending some time with them. And just meeting people. That's what I enjoy doing a lot of. And I have a lot of ideas that I'm working on, so those take up time as well.
0: I'm excited to hear your insights on careers. But before we go there... Can you give us a brief overview of what brought you to where you are today?
1: So I'm originally from India, so I came here for graduate school and I started working in the semiconductor industry. The interesting part is barely nine months, even less than a year into my job, I went through a layoff. And when you're on an immigrant visa, there's complications, but I was lucky enough to transition into a spousal visa, but it was still a very trying time. Because you're doubting yourself or you're very frustrated at and you don't quite know what happened, right? You, you, going through a layoff is very challenging because there's a lot of emotion around it and trying to deal with that and trying to find another job at the same time. So I did try to interview, but eventually I did get a call back. So I used to work at a client site in my first job and I got a call back from my client asking me if I wanted to come and contract for them. And that's how I transitioned back into the workforce. And worked there for a few years. So I worked in semiconductor manufacturing and engineering roles, and then I decided to make a decision to be a stay-at-home mom because there was a time in my life, my son was two, I was expecting a second child, I was actually going and taking two classes in graduate school and uh, working full time. So there was like way too much on my plate, and, <laughs> and the decision was to take a break uh, from work. I mean, it was already dis- something that I'd been thinking about. So I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. I. Two years into it, I actually went back to graduate school during that time to get my PhD from CMU. And two years into that, I was thinking of coming back to work. And it was 2008, the economy had crashed. And I went to this job fair and I still remember this line around the building. And there were like, like a thousand people and 10 jobs. And I'm like, there is no way you're going to find a job, especially as a stay-at-home mom who'd taken a break. You're wondering how you reskill and come back to work. Though I had got re-educated, got sort of extension on those things. I was thinking about what to do. I was applying for jobs because I was also at a transition point. Did I want to do academia or industry and what that future looked like? And I got a call from my group that I used to work with asking me if I wanted to return to the workforce while I was interviewing for other organizations. And that was the perfect sort of re-entry to come back to work. And I spent over 12 to 13 years at TI working in engineering quality, various different roles, including on in the business side, doing some projects, and essentially going up the leadership ladder to be an executive in one of the factories, which had a huge automotive portfolio. And very recently, I've decided to actually take a break from corporate career and quit my job, venturing out on my own.
0: Hiring managers can be big gatekeepers for jobs. I know this is something you talk about. Typically, first it's the recruiter, and then the hiring manager makes the final decision. What do hiring managers look for before selecting a final candidate to send an offer to?
1: Oftentimes, we are looking for, of course, their experience or technical skills. Depends on which uh, level of the role it is, right? If I was interviewing a new college student or an intern versus someone who's experienced for a different role, It depends on what the role requires and what the skills they bring to it. But that is only a piece of it. I think oftentimes, and I'm talking from my personal standpoint, you're looking for the adaptability in the team. Uh, Maybe they bring something unique. I might write a job description a certain way, but if I find someone who's a good fit that brings some of that, but something else to the team, I might be willing to flex it to figure out what that looks like. So you're looking for adaptability, someone who works well with the team, who's willing to learn. Because you don't want it to become hard if someone's set in their ways to want to be able to move forward. Leadership if they have. So if I was talking to a college student, I'm looking for, have they been in clubs? Are they part of organizations? Are they looking for internships? Like, how can they speak to what they do beyond that coursework? Obviously, GPA and coursework is why you go to college and it's very important. But really, I think the scope of it is much beyond that because you are developing as a person and it's all about exploring and trying new things because the job is not fixed by any means and you're going to have to continuously learn and there will be change and are you able to pivot with the change.
0: What can candidates do to impact a hiring manager's opinion of them or even before going to interviews to help themselves be a top selection for a job when the it comes to the hiring manager making that decision?
1: It depends if you're inside an organization or outside. So I'll speak from both perspectives. If you're outside, say you're a student and you're interviewing, say, in a job fair coming up in a company, research the company. I know in a job fair you have probably 30 companies, 50 companies you want to hit. But if I were the student, I would. this is, I think, what would set them apart. Research the organization. See which ones you're most targeted. So target them. Maybe even look at the roles they have. What is it that Maybe you have seniors or someone in your LinkedIn network to find out what the job profile or see what that company is posting about. Because you need to know what the latest they're talking about. And if you go and say, hey, I'm uh, talking about manufacturing. I know TI is building these four factories in Sherman. I'm really excited about it. I hear these are the kind of roles. I think this is where my background matches this. And I'm curious to see what opportunities you have. That shows that you have actually done some due diligence. You understand what your perspective is and everything. Similarly, if you were inside an organization, now you have access to a lot of people. Find out about the group, find out about what they work on. You can find someone in your network, research the roles, and come read the job description and get some information. Because as a hiring manager, I'm going to wet you as a candidate, especially if you're internal. I am going to call people that you might suggest and people you may not suggest because I want an opinion on you that when I'm transitioning someone, because hiring decisions, you know, people hire very carefully when they're filling a team because it's very important to have the team dynamics. So those are very conscious decisions. So you get opportunities in, in spurts. So you want to make it right. So I wet when I hire someone, like calling people I might know in my network. And I found out the same for me. When I've got hired for roles, I've discovered that the people who are not, who I would think would be basically recommending me or speaking up for me are often the people that are re Because it's someone in my hiring manager's network, but not in my network, but they have visibility to what I do. So that is what I would uh, tell students or people who are transitioning into work. And I think it's very important to, especially if you're going to a job fair where you have 30 seconds, 90 seconds to have an elevator pitch. Three simple lines. First thing can be, hey, I'm Sarisha Kuchimanchi. I have a PhD in material science and engineering. My expertise is in manufacturing where I've done a co-op in Rodia, which is what I did. And I think the process engineering roles you have in your company would leverage my experience and I'm looking forward to opportunities. It's three things, who you are, what your experience is. And if you don't have job experience, I totally get it. Students don't have it. Your club, project, school thing. And then what you're looking for that you transitions into that role of that company. So you've tried everything in three lines. And you've not taken up too much time, Hmm. but you've conveyed everything you want to convey.
0: If you could have one starting point for listeners to start investing in their network before they need it, what would be the thing to start thinking about or especially doing today?
1: Yes, I I like how you phrased the question, doing today. Don't put it off for tomorrow. First, connect with the people that that you already know in school, at work, start reaching out to them and start bolstering your LinkedIn network. LinkedIn is the place to be. I know social media carries its own implications, but LinkedIn, if you're a professional, you need to be active in it or at least be engaging in it to so connect with everyone you already know. And say you're looking for an opportunity or you want to learn more about an organization, reach out to someone in that organization and ask, but be very specific with your ask. Don't just say, I want to connect, especially if you want to learn more. You could say, if if I was reaching out to you, Matthew, Matthew, I know you host a podcast. I like, and I've listened to this episode. You have done your research. I listened to this episode where you talked to Martha and I liked how you addressed this question. I wanted to connect with you. And don't ask for someone for help or an ask right away. I don't always follow my own advice. So I have to be honest mm-hmm. here because someone will contradict me in this. Sometimes I might still reach out to someone and ask for something sometimes, but usually. I feel like that there's a strong comment, but that's not how it is. Network is not about transactional give and take, right? It's about building a relationship. So see what you can find out. But I know that when you're exploring, you have to do informational interviews. So you could also be specific in that and maybe be upfront. I know this is not what people say, always build it, but I understand that you always don't have the luxury of that. So in your case, you could say, Matthew, I wanted 15 minutes of your time, if possible, to ask these three questions or find out on this recruitment, how I would approach. I'm a military vet and I want to know from interviews, I read, saw this, but what else did you take away? Be very specific. Don't just say I want to chat with you. I mean, mm-hmm. chat can be a lot of things. I do ask for chat on some cases with some people because I might spec out one thing, but I want to leave some open-ended discussion. It depends mm-hmm. on what kind of relationship and what kind of ask you have of that. But you need to invest in your network all the time. I don't mean to say do it every day, all the time it becomes a chore, but think about it as not when you need it, because then it's a bit too late. You need to be people, then it looks extremely more opportunistic. So you can see as much as you, you're building and being active. And even, even if it's not LinkedIn, you could go, if you have somebody in your school or somewhere else that you want to meet, you could suggest a coffee or walk.
2: Podcast. Need the hire? You need indeed.
0: You said something that I think is really important about saying I have three questions. Something like that on a personal level, I've done this and I've had this done to me. If you don't send those questions, it also hurts you and your interaction because what it will do is give you an outline of what to follow during your meeting. If you show up and you just meet someone because you wanted to meet them, maybe you admire them, you think they're the coolest person ever. That conversation can be really meandering and it can go places like, I don't know what I want to do. What do you think I should do? And that's really not going to be helpful for either person. If that's the place you're in, then write down, based on my skills, what is a trajectory that you think would be good for my career? But giving that outline shows them that you organize, that three questions, maybe that'll take 30 minutes, but it also helps keep you on track personally. I'm curious... How has networking impacted your career personally?
1: I didn't know what networking was for the longest time when I started my career. But if I was to look back and I told you I came back to work both times, essentially being called back in a way, asking if I wanted to join this group. I, I mean, I had to still interview. Don't get me wrong. Some of them were still full day interviews. But in in hindsight, I think that's what networking was. It was about not just coming and talking to someone, but it was a showing up at work and doing really well at it. Though I didn't know how I was showing up at work and doing, but obviously you still leave an impression. I think of it as breadcrumbs. You're always leaving breadcrumbs yeah. wherever you go, and in all the interactions you do, though you may not realize it, you know. And first impressions tend to be fairly strong. That is just human nature. As much as we talk about it, cannot be. And the person who called me back when I went after my was a stay at home mom. That manager, I'd worked with him like a few years ago, but I really didn't interact with him. He, he was a senior team leader and I was a junior engineer and I probably presented a few times and I didn't know he really knew who I was. But you never know who's going to remember or ask. And like I said, people vouch for you from various sectors. Like I remember one of my jobs that I got, the hiring manager told me he he'd called a colleague friend of his who i never interacted with, but he was in the same organization where I was. And he he was many levels up in, in a parallel role. And I think he saw me interfacing with some of the other people I did and how I interacted, how the technical ways. So you have to uh, be cognizant of how you're building those networks happen, not just by like, I, I I know I talked about LinkedIn and reaching out, that is just one piece of it. But it's really about, doing whatever you're doing well. So if someone were to reach out to you and have this 15 minute conversation or 30 minute conversation. It's about following up. It's also about giving you something that I think would be good. So every time I interact with someone, most often I try to do two things. Of course I'm thanking them, but also sometimes asking them how I can help them or maybe they are looking. If you're talking to a student in the kind of podcast you do, you'd be curious what are the questions that your friends are asking, right? What is the technology you're using? Something that that is helpful to you and then Oftentimes, if I feel like I've built a really strong relationship or the interviews or the sessions, the discussion has gone well. And if it was very much an informational interview, I will ask them saying, who else can I talk to? And can you introduce me to that person? Because obviously that helps. But it's only if I feel like the rapport has been fairly good and it does segue to something else. And that way, I I did that actually when I was in in my job. Uh, after going back in a, in a year, for one year, I essentially talked to every role that I could think of in the company because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And this was a way for me to scope out roles and just meet one person to the next person to the next person. And it really helped build that. And some of those people I ran into later on, I mean, one some of them might have been once and done, but I some of those people I kept running into. It. Many years later, one of them turned out to be my manager, again, a few levels up. So You never know where those interactions will take you.
0: When I've reached out to folks to ask for help or advice or insight, one thing that I've done that might help listeners is after they've given me some pieces of advice or insight, anything like that, obviously you take note, write it down. But then I've followed up with them and let them know that I've done those things. And a lot of times, especially when people like that interact with really young people, they're busy with a thousand things and either they don't actually get to them. And a lot of times mentors will challenge you to do things, go find five companies that do this or write up five things about this. So one of the ways to show them that you actually listened and took action steps is to send a follow-up email. And I, I think the impression I've gotten is that has been the most rewarding part for them of the conversation is actually seeing that I took action and spent the time doing and found what they said valuable enough to go do those things. And I also think that's a good point maybe sending those in an email. And then that's a good point to also ask for additional help, like an introduction. It shows how proactive you are and that if they make that introduction, you will make the best of it and make sure it's fruitful. Because a lot of times if you ask for that introduction, it will be of someone of a high level and they want to make sure that just like you made good use of your conversation, you'll do the same for those people. I think that really helps round out that mentorship experience that they give you when having that first meeting and following
1: I love it. I mean, that's so perfect because it shows, like you said, that you were listening, you were following up, you were taking action. That time was well spent. And also it makes them enter because oftentimes mentor relationships or these kind of uh, relationships can be hard for the person who might be senior doing that because they talk to people, but they don't quite know what the impact is, right? Or what happened. And they're mentoring because it is a give and take. You hit the nail on the head. You need to follow up, send an email. have a conversation. That's how you might end up building a mentoring relationship. Oftentimes, I'm glad you brought up the word mentoring because I think everyone needs to build mentoring relationships. And just like networking, it's not transactional. You're not going and asking someone saying, be my mentor. It It is these things, these little things that you might end up building a rapport with somebody and they might feel like, oh, it's value to invest in you. And I feel like you'll get something and remember that you have to give something. You could talk, like I said, about what you're working on, technology, what you're hearing, and mentors will ask you for feedback and see how to give back. And I think that is very important for people to think about getting mentors. And for those who are not sure how to navigate, oftentimes schools, companies have formal programs. You could Mm -hmm. try and see if you can enter one of those. And then once you figure out how that works, you will naturally build it. And you need not call somebody a mentor. Like, I have mentors, but I don't use that label when I'm referring to them. They might use that in context. But in my mind, they are, and probably in their mind. We just don't use that language all the time.
0: What's the focus of your podcast, Women, Career, and Life?
1: I started the podcast basically as a way to mentor. And on a bigger platform, as I was going up in my leadership journey, I realized that a lot of women have questions. And oftentimes we don't know who should be asking those questions, what to ask and where do we find these answers if you're trying to grow up. So the premise of it is it's for women, early, usually more mid-career and some early career on how do you elevate into leadership roles. And I try and also become financially independent because to me, oftentimes career is talked about on one hand and finances on the other, but to me, they're like intertwined because I go to work, I love my job, but I also want to have choices if you would make a decision to pivot, take a break, whatever. You need to be the financial wherewithal. It really helps to make those choices. So those are the two combinations. And that's why I talk about how do you find your voice? How do you negotiate? How do you show up in meetings? How do you use your presence in a different way? In, if you're an investor, how do you invest in a VC fund? Like Lots of different topics that I have guests come and speak about and share their experiences as well.
0: How can listeners connect with you after listening to our interview?
1: There's two ways. Uh, one is they can just look up my website, which is sirishakuchimunchi.com. So it just gives everything that I'm working on. And there's a LinkedIn logo on the top and on my Instagram. So they can just click on that portfolio or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, search for Sirisha Kuchimanchi. I assuming you'll show up on your show notes. Um, and then I can spell it out. It's S-I-R-I-S-H-A. K U C H I M A N C H I. I work with universities on getting students ready for the corporate world and enabling their financial journey, and work with organizations on building leaders and building strong leaders and elevating their pipeline for women as well. Please connect with me. It's always great to meet new people, learn from their experiences, and see if there's a way to help each other. And so that would be wonderful.
0: I will link to those sites in this episode's description. So listeners tuning in right now can just sim- simply click on those to find you online. As we close, would you mind concluding your thoughts and then sharing some words of encouragement or motivation for us as we get back into it for the rest of our week?
1: Life and career journeys are never going to be linear. We prepare for them. We do the best we can. And I think those are Everything you're learning is going to get you forward. So there might be setbacks. You might try for an opportunity, but don't be disappointed with it because I think those are all skills that you learn. So if I was to look back on hindsight about being a stay-at-home mom and getting laid off, those were transformational experiences. But in hindsight, they were like the best experiences for me because I can tell you honestly, that I wouldn't have taken as many risks on my career and doing the things I do and growing in, the, in my career trajectory as a leader if I didn't have those experiences because I think it would have made me more risk-averse and stuff. But having stepped out, things will work out. Continue to invest in your network, meet people, find a support system. If you are new to a place, reach out to organizations, your community community maybe part of organizations, but find a support tribe because I think it's very important for us all to be part of a community because we need that to move forward.
0: Thank you so much for the encouragement and insight you've shared in this episode. Much appreciated from both me and our audience.
1: Thank you, Matthew. I really enjoyed the conversation and I wish everyone who's listening all the best in their career as well.
0: Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt